0: Good morning, everybody. It's Monday, March 29th, 2021. I'm Herb Morgan, Senior Managing Director and Chief Investment Officer at Efficient Market Advisors. We are a business of Cantor Fitzgerald Investment Advisors. This is our weekly economic and market commentary for the week beginning March 29th, 2021. As a reminder, throughout the week, if I have economic updates or thoughts or ideas, I'll post them on the Twitter. My handle is at ETF underscore strategist, and or on LinkedIn. You can follow me at both of those places on LinkedIn or just Herb Morgan. I'm also excited that this is week three of this commentary. Now, this commentary has been around for a very long time, but this is week three of this being available as a podcast. You can subscribe uh, through your iPhone, through Apple Podcasts, through Spotify, Podcast Addict, uh, Chaser, Pocket Cast, Deezer, Listen Notes, Player FM, and Podcast Index, I hope uh, that way you'll get it automatically downloaded and be able to play it. Of course, the disadvantage to the podcast is you don't get to see these wonderful slides. And this presentation, which you're seeing and or hearing, is designed for use with both the investing public and financial advisors, each of whom are expected to make their own investment decisions. Nothing contained in this presentation is investment advice. There are no recommendations for the purchase or sale of any securities. This is purely for informational purposes only. With all of that out of the way, we get right to it. The S&P 500 rose and closed on Friday at an all-time high. It was up 1.0, almost 1.6% on the week, bringing the year-to-date return over 6%. Mid-cap stocks much higher for the year at 14%, and small companies up 19% for the year. Lagging behind are international markets both developed and emerging. Lagging because as the economic cycle goes, it's usually as goes the US, so goes the world. In addition to that, the US has benefited, uh, the markets have benefited from fiscal and monetary support. And of course, the US is among the world leaders in vaccine distribution and implementation. Uh, Bonds also rose last week a little bit as that that big rise we've seen in the yield of the 10 years seems to have abated at least temporarily, uh, at least for now. The economic data last week really wasn't all that great. We'll start with existing home sales. February existing home sales fell 6.6%. The annualized pace was 6.2 million. That was well below the estimated pace of 6.5 million. Why? Record low inventory has been driving up prices. That's pricing some people out of the housing markets. Rising interest rates also reducing affordability, impeding some buyers. Still, on a year-over-year basis, home sales are up about 9%. That's existing, I should clarify. New home sales fell uh, to, an, to a pace of 775000 well below the estimate of eight hundred and seventy. Here again, low inventory, high prices, rising borrowing costs. Also winter weather in February, which this report, both of these reports are from, uh, very harsh winter weather in February may have kept some buyers at home. We'll see if that changes as things thaw out across the country. Durable goods for February fell 1%. That was worse than the expected gain of a half a percent. out transportation, you had a decline of nine-tenths of a percent. But as you can see, this is a generally volatile metric, so there's not too much to, move, to read into that. It's getting back to really more of a normal up-and-down pace after many months, many consecutive months of big increases. We got the flash readings from Marquette. That means it's intra-month. Uh, For March on manufacturing, it rose from 58.6 to 59, just a tad below expectations, a big jump in new orders. This was the highest reading since June of 2014, also the ninth consecutive monthly growth. The negative from the report, and this is a theme we're seeing across many different economic reports, is suppliers having trouble meeting deliveries, whether it's car manufacturing delayed by computer chips or anything else along the manufacturing supply chain, whether it's the Suez Canal in Egypt being clogged uh, last week, we're seeing delivery times continue to lengthen uh, uh, all across the economy. In the services sector, remember the services sector is about 85% of the US economy as opposed to about 15% in the manufacturing sector also rose to 60, also a high, very high reading, the highest since July of 2014, eighth consecutive month of expansion, and this is as service sector just is beginning to open up in many parts of the country. Input prices rose to the highest reading since the series, was, since the series began, suggesting that, while a lot of the data doesn't yet reflect it or show it, there is inflation percolating and bubbling up in this economy. And I think it's more likely than not we are going to begin to see that more and more in consumer prices in the second and third quarters of 2021. Every Thursday, of course, we get an initial claims for unemployment reading and in a healthy, robust labor market, that number is below 300,000 a week. It did fall from 781 to 684. So it was a significant drop. It was a welcome drop. But we're still not at a healthy labor market. Continuing claims also fell from 4.1 down to 3.9, but pre pandemic we were at 1.8. So we still have a long ways to go. This is why legislatively uh, there's a lot of folks that have been pushing and recently passed and signed uh, more stimulus. And on the monetary side, the Federal Reserve continues to believe we are at, uh, we have a lot of excess capacity, particularly in the labor market. So they continue to um, be stimulative in their, in their posturing. Fourth quarter of last year's GDP, the revision report came out last week. Previously at, at um, 4.1, it was revised a little bit higher to 4.3, personal consumption relatively unchanged. So there's you know, a little bit of an uptick there. But we're now more interested in GDP growth really for this year what's going to happen this year. This is the Atlanta Fed Q1 GDP tracking uh, indicator. You can see it it hadn't gotten as high as 10% at the beginning of March, now down all the way below five. Still, that's a pretty good number. And what we're expecting now is a huge surge in Q2. So when this metric rolls over and starts tracking Q2 in a couple of weeks, I think we're going to see another big spike up like we have there, and it's probably entirely possible that second quarter GDP, with the reopening and the vaccines, etc., uh, without the, the negative impact of February's weather, uh, we think second quarter GDP could end up tracking north of 10, maybe even as high as um, as 11%, so and then of course GDP for the entire year is probably going to be up in that seven seven percent plus range for 2021. Um, moving on, wholesale inventories rose a half a percent after a big gain in January. Continues to show the confidence of uh, you know nobody's running down inventories right now in anticipation of a recession or any kind of lack of demand. Personal income, that's you and I, our personal income in February fell by a huge number, but we knew that was coming because in January, there was a big gain because of stimulus checks that were distributed in January. Not to be outdone, the government wants to send, or is sending out more stimulus checks uh, in March. Uh, as of Wednesday of last week, the U.S. Treasury has already sent out about 127 million checks worth about 325 billion dollars. So you can bet that the the vast majority of that is going to find its way into personal spending, personal consumption, uh, and as, of course, the economy continues to reopen. So with all this flood of money, deficit financed, uh, debt financed, um, fiscal stimulus, stimulus checks, Federal Reserve buying mortgage-backed securities, buying U.S. treasuries, keeping the lid on interest rates at the, both the short and the intermediate and longer end of the curve. At some point, it has to turn into some inflation. Inflation is, of course, we say always and everywhere a monetary phenomena, just not yet. February PCE, that's the Personal Consumption Expenditure Index, is up 1.6% year over year. The core, which is more important, backs out a lot of the noise, up 1.5%. And it's not even at the Fed target, let alone above the Fed target. Fed continues to tell us, we know in years past that when we got close to target, we began to raise rates. This time, we're not going to do that until this number exceeds our target of 2%. So we have a long way to go before we can start talking about Fed interest rates. I probably think we don't see it at all until early next year. And I'm talking talk until early next year. So we've got at least nine months before it, we even start it into the market price. We got a reading from uh, the University of Michigan uh, last week on consumer sentiment. It rose, it continues to rise off the bottoms from last year, but still has a ways to go. Came in at 84.9, that was above the estimates of E3.6. As I mentioned, continued reopening progress. Uh, this graph shows the TSA uh, traveler uh, throughput that the United States government puts out, the Transportation Safety Administration, and you can see prior to the pandemic, two to two and a half million air travelers every day. Uh, last April, you know, the worst of the pandemic, down, you know, at hundred thousand a day. Um, slow, steady climb higher. Really, kind of plateaued uh, between, you know, just under a million for quite a while. Now, steadily above a million hit a a new post-pandemic high on Friday, or uh, excuse me, on Sunday, yesterday. About 1.6 million people went through, 1.6 million people went through TSA yesterday. Um, And of course, as I mentioned earlier, the S&P 500 rallied at the end of the week, you know, strongly, uh, closed at an all-time high. It seems like just a few weeks ago, we had had this minor single-digit percentage uh, correction, you know, in February, and there's a lot of talk. Is this thing over? And I continue to believe it's not over. Uh, we're probably middle innings in this uh, bear, uh, bull market right now. The new all-time high, interesting, happened ahead of earnings season. The quarter, you know, the quarter is going to end this week, right? March will end Q1. Earnings season will begin, you know, around April six, seven, and eight. The following week, uh, we'll get into the bank earnings, which should benefit from the steeper curve. Um, But the bottom line, I find fascinating, is that analysts are rushing to upgrade their earnings estimates. This is the graph of the earnings estimates of the S&P 500, which was down below $130 a year ago, the forward 12-months estimate at that time. The forward 12-months estimate at this time is now coming in, you know, the consensus is at 172. And I think it's just a matter of time before more analysts in my terminal, I can go in and look and see when their last revision was. Some analysts are upgrading their estimates now. Many, I believe, will start to do it as earnings come out. And we're beginning to see some street analysts coming in at, you know, as high as 190 uh, for this year uh, for earnings estimates. And, you know, we could then break through theoretically 200 in the not too distant future. It's a heck of a recovery and a heck of a comeback. Uh, for corporate earnings in the U.S., so we really think that this earnings season is going to be a pretty good one, and it's probably why you know the market hit an all-time high on Friday. Nobody wants to be short, I don't think, ahead of this um, of this earnings estimate. You know, market futures this morning are showing you know likely a little bit of pressure on this deal about a hedge fund that had some big you know highly levered hedge fund with some big margin calls. It seems like an orderly sale. There's an impact for a couple of firms, probably. Not likely a longer term impact this week, although that's probably why futures are down this morning. Look to the VIX index, the volatility index. Uh, it is quiet, quiet, quiet. Very unlikely major fallout from this uh, hedge fund blow up last week. What we do have this week is uh, house prices from both Case Schiller and FHFA, more consumer confidence. Both of the jobs reports, that's the ADP, expected is that we added 550, The big one on Friday, 643, that's the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Unemployment rate expected to be at six. Um, Vehicle sales also on Thursday. Remember that Friday is good Friday. The equity markets will be closed. There will still be some economic data releases and there'll be some trading in the bond markets on Friday, Uh, but the equity markets will be closed. So this will be a shortened week ahead of getting into Q2, getting into the Q1 earnings reports um, next week. So that's really it for this week. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, As a reminder, uh, shameless self-promotion. This is now a podcast, slaying bulls and bears, making the complex and complicated, simple and sensical. Please be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast vehicle. Thank you. And I'll talk to you again next week.